Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. That's saying that Adam is stronger than Jesus. Do you know who the first Adam was? I'm just going to say this. Some of y'all never heard this one. I'm going to give it to you. We always say, Jesus came in the likeness of Adam. Don't we say that? Yeah? Yeah. He was man. You know, Jesus came in the likeness of man. Yeah? So Jesus came in the likeness of Adam. Well, in whose likeness do you think Adam was made? <laughs> Adam was made in the likeness and image of God. He wasn't the original one. He was the copy of something else. Jesus didn't look like Adam. Adam looked like Jesus. Amen. Keep reading. Verse 5. Now, 6. Knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Say, I'm not a slave of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Say, I've been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. <laughs> Why? Because death's been done with. Sin has been done with. God's not up there watching you mess up and go, uh-oh, we missed that one on the cross. Let's go back and die again. That's how we act when we, when we mess up, don't we? And the Trinity has a sudden committee meeting. Oh, no. We missed that one. He is not dying anymore. Dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died what? To sin once. Man, I'm teaching a lot better than y'all are shouting. Or maybe you're actually getting this today. I am praying that we will have a revolution of righteousness. I want grace people to be the holiest ones out there. You know why? Because the one that knows he's forgiven, forgiven much, loves much. That don't mean that they aren't forgiven as much as we are. That just means they don't think they're as forgiven as we are. Him that is forgiven much, loves much, is not. Some people are forgiven a lot. Well, I know what you did, sister. <laughs> you really need some grace on you. I know what you did last summer. We all need the same amount of grace. The, I don't care what you've done. My dad had the sticker on his, on his refrigerator when we were kids. It would say the ground is level at the foot of the cross. When you come there, everybody, I don't care how much you've done, Everybody comes to the same place. You, Hitler, everybody, same place. Did you say Hitler was saved? I didn't. <laughs> so, Zach Cherian. <laughs> Therefore, verse 12, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should obey in its lusts. 
and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves as to God as being alive from the dead. Come on now. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Read verse 14 with me out loud. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under law, but under Woo! I took some time to study this and I looked at the word sin. The word sin is used 41 times in Romans 6 between 5 and verse 8. 41 times. There's only one time in the 41 times that it's a verb. 40 out of the 41 times, sin is a noun. You know what Paul's doing here? He's personifying sin. He took it away from an act. See, you and I have been so beaten up with sin being an act. An action. That every time a preacher says, do not sin. The soul that sinneth. That was me last night. The word used constantly is the word hamartia. Hamartano is the verb. Hamartia is the noun. It's really important that you understand this. If you have time, go study this all through the Bible. You will see it used that way only. Person of sin. When the Bible talks about sin and it personifies it, it's not talking about your action of sin, it's talking about a person of sin. So when it says, For he who has died has been freed from sin, it's talking about you being a captive to a person. The reference is Pharaoh. You used to be captives of Pharaoh, but what God did is he destroyed him when he was baptized in the Red Sea. When you came through baptism, when you were baptized into Christ, Pharaoh was destroyed on the body of Jesus. And because Pharaoh's been destroyed, sin cannot have dominion over you. If you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get over the act of sin, you're going to keep sinning again and again. Until you come to the place that you understand. My old man, he dead. My old man is dead. So whenever I am sinning, I am taking a carcass, stinky dead body and putting it on me. That's why sin stinks. It's not part of who you are. Your old man is crucified. Thank God you guys aren't close. You get some Holy Ghost spit on you there. Your old man is crucified. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1. 
Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight that so easily and sin that so easily ensnares us. It's not talking about the act of sin. It's reminding you of something that was already crucified. Sin died when you got saved. Galatians chapter 5, please. Man, if you don't get the new covenant lens when you're reading the scripture, you'll end up condemning yourself, walking around guilty, constantly repenting. Can I have this in the Amplified, please? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. In this freedom, Christ has what? Made us free. And what has He done? Completely liberated us. The work that Jesus did with sin is complete. It's complete. Now, stand fast. And do not be hampered and held and ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. Oh, this is so good. Stand fast, do not be hampered, and do not be hampered and held and snared, and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you once put off. Why are you putting something back on yourself that you took off of you? You and sin don't get along anymore. It's a terrible combination. Sin and you don't get along. It's not who you are. You are holy. No, no, no. I didn't say you're becoming holy. I said you are holy. 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. That is not God telling you to live up to an expectation. That is God releasing an identity over you, saying it don't matter what you do, you will always be holy. 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 Say this, I am holy. Say this, I am holy. Now go down to verse number 4, please. Are you learning something, church? If you seek to be justified and declared righteous, somebody tell me what's righteousness. Right doing? Right standing with God. If you seek to be justified and declared righteous and to be given a right standing with God through the law, you are brought to nothing and so separated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. Oh Lord, I thought it's them preachers that go around doing the nasty that fall from grace. Isn't that what we've been taught all our life? Uh, well, bless God, that revival was going great, and then the preacher fell. Think about that. This verse tells me that the one who falls from grace is the one who goes back to the law to attain his justification. What did the law tell you to do to be justified? Repent, pay offerings. 
Confess. Repent. Kill an animal. Wait for the day of atonement. But Hebrews chapter 10 says, if, if the worshiper once has been purified, there remaineth no more consciousness of sin. The one who falls from grace is the one who thinks he lost fellowship with God every time he messes up. (laughs) If you seek to be justified and declared righteous to be given a right standing with God through the law, what is the law? Works. It's my part I have to do something to be in right standing with God. I have to confess and ask for forgiveness. Then I am in right standing. Oh Lord, he didn't just go there, did he? I went there. Well, preacher, 1 John 1, 9 says, If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Yes, it does. But you forgot what 1 John 1, 7 says. 1 John 1 7 says, if you are in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship, constant fellowship, unbroken fellowship. If you are in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from every sin. Which means what? Which means if I'm a new covenant believer that is in the light, you don't go in the light, out of the light. In the light, out of the light. Uh-uh. If you are saved, you are in the light. You are in the light. You are in the light. 1 John verse 8 says, But if any of you say that there is no sin in him, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. To the guy in 1 John verse 8, 1 John verse 9 says, If you confess your sin... The sin of what? The sin of claiming that there is no sin in me. It's to the dude in 1 John verse 8 who is saying, If any man say there is no truth in him, he's a liar. He's a liar. You a liar. And the truth is not in you. To that guy it says in 1 John verse 8, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But to the rest of us who know us, to the rest of us who are in the light, put it up there please, 1 John 1 verse 7. If you are in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. No, 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 it's all by memory, I promise it's not up there. Somebody like, what? What's he reading? (laughs) But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Which means what? My forgiveness being in the light is not dependent on my confession or my repentance. It's dependent on me being in the light. Boy, I hope this sets you free, you little guilt-driven freak of nature. Well, Pastor, pray for me. I messed up again. If you would realize that you've been delivered, if you realize that you've been set free, that sin has no dominion over you, I don't care how it looks. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you have not done. Sin cannot have dominion over you. The only thing sin can do through Satan is convince you that you're a slave. They came out of Egypt. 
but Egypt didn't come out of them. They kept thinking like Egypt. They kept walking like Egypt. They kept building animals like Egypt. They kept worshiping like Egypt. Oh yeah, did they come out of Egypt? Yeah, did God send them back into Egypt because they were bad? No. But I'll tell you what they didn't do is they never entered the promised land. Now, for those of you that grew up in a southern gospel church that all your life you taught the promised land is heaven, it's not. The promised land is you fulfilling your destiny on the earth. Listen to me. The promised land is not a metaphor. Crossing the river Jordan. Well, one day we will cross over that river. It's not talking about heaven. Because there ain't no giants living in your house in heaven. Please let them love me, Lord. Amen. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you are forgiven. Hebrews chapter 5, quickly. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14 in the Amplified. Now let's get to the solution part of it, yeah? Hebrews 5 verse 11 in the Amplified, it says, Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain, since you have become what? Listen, dull in your hearing and sluggish, slothful in achieving spiritual insight. Somebody say spiritual hearing. I want you to underline that in your Bible if you, have a, if you have an Amplified. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's Word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of what? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that there are two messages that are being preached even to this day sadly in the church. Number one, the ministry of condemnation. Number two, the ministry of righteousness. It does not take great maturity to preach the ministry of condemnation. Sadly, which is why it's been preached in most churches. Preachers throwing stones at preachers as if they have never sinned themselves. It takes maturity and depth to preach the message of righteousness. For anyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness of conformity to the divine will and purpose, thought and action. For he is a mere infant, not able to talk yet. But solid food is for grown men. What is solid food? The ministry of condemnation? The ministry that keeps telling you how bad and how sinful you are all the time? No, the ministry of righteousness. Please write this down, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Go study that from verse 7 all the way to 18. Go home and study that. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. 
whose senses and mental uh, faculties were trained by practice to discriminate and distinguish between what is morally good and noble and what is evil and contrary either and contrary either to, div- to, to divine or human law. He is saying to some of you that have been always not understanding the message of righteousness, you've been living under the moral law or by human law trying to attain righteousness. And to that person he says, you are baby. Grow up. The ministry of condemnation does not make someone righteous, beloved. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, are you learning something? 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7, this is going to mess with some of you. I'm going to read in the, in the NKJV, please. But the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be what? More glorious. Verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, and the implication there is little glory, the ministry of righteousness does what? How much? Much more in glory. Believer, new covenant believer, you are not called to live under the law. You are not even called to live under the Ten Commandments. This verse tells me that living under the ministry of condemnation brings death. Verse 7. Verse 9, for the ministry of condemnation had glory. And yeah, there is a level of glory to it. But we just heard in Hebrews 5, it's not a mature glory. It's a shallow glory. It's a baby glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. This is talking about the Holy Spirit. This is talking about you are no longer under the law. You are now under the spirit. Galatians chapter 5, I believe verse 15, it says, Those who are led by the spirit will not give in to the lust of the flesh. Do we really have more faith in the Ten Commandments than we do the Holy Ghost? What a day have we come to where we elevate the tablets even above the Holy Spirit of God. Romans chapter 7 verse 6 please and I'm done in the Amplified Sarah please. Romans chapter 7 verse 6. I need you to read this and for those of you that are hearing me you need to go home and study. Dave can I borrow you real quick if you don't mind. Romans chapter 7 verse 6. In the Amplified. The verse right before that one. There we go. Now read this with me. For those of you that still love the law. But now we are What? Discharged from the law. And have terminated all. Somebody say all. All. Oh, except the ten. All intercourse with it. Having died to what once restrained us and held us captive. Are you reading that my friend? That verse is telling me that that which kept you bound, that which kept you a captive was the law. Oh Jesus. Meaning new covenant believers that are still living under the law will continue to be a slave to sin. Now, 
So now, somebody shout now. now. We serve not under obedience to the old code of written regulations. What was the ones that were written? Uh-huh. I know you're getting mad at me, but that's okay. One day you love me. We are not under obedience to the old code of written regulations. Now watch this. But under obedience to the what? The promptings of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Are you telling me that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to sin? Are you telling me that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into flesh and lust and sin? Do we have more faith in the law than we do in the sin? Than in the Holy Spirit? Do we think that the, the, the Ten Commandments can keep us moral, moral when actually the Holy Spirit can't? Do we have more faith in the old than we do in the new? Paul says, you're a baby Christian if you're still preaching that stuff. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up and preach the message of righteousness. The next time temptation comes, let the voice of the Holy Spirit be loud in your the next time something comes up, you're like, is this right? Should I call Pastor Zach? Speed dial. Ask the Holy Spirit. Is this for me? Listen to me. All things may be permissible, but not all things are beneficial. How do I know the difference? By the voice of the Holy Ghost. By the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because you can always find ways around the law. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. Well, what about my cousins? You will always find ways around the law. But you can never play games around the Holy Ghost. He will lead you. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You want to overcome sin? Learn the art of hearing the voice of God. Learn the art of being led by the Spirit of God. Why? Because that old man, sin, he dead. He's dead. He is, I didn't say it is dead. I said he is dead. Don't go back to all that old junk that don't belong on you. I'm telling you something. There is something to being pure. Ooh. There is something. Single people, all the single ladies in the house, put your hands up. <laughs> There is something to keeping your body, all the single men, let me hear you, come on now. There is something to keeping your body. There is something to having a testimony. There is something to be able to say this really big word. No! I said it last week. Now look here, party for his wife. I know you hot and all. But I got to flee. I can't stand here and rebuke you. I can't stand here and look at you and speak in tongues either. The Holy Ghost is saying, run baby, run. There is something to keeping yourself holy. There's something. And no, I'm not talking about, well, can I drink? Is drinking a sin? That's the Holy Ghost. No, for real. I don't drink, but that's me. But don't go on condemning yourself. Teach people to be led by the voice of the Holy Ghost. I was telling someone the story the other day. I was speaking to a guy that 
was struggling. If something has you, then you need to get over it. Listen to me. If something has control over you and tells you when to do it, when not to do it, then that's the master of you. That's as simple as it is. But if you can't control it, that's a different story, isn't it? Now, you need to ask somebody else that question, though. Because some of us were like, oh, no, I got it under control. <sighs> Speaking to a boy in Dubai, struggling because he was trying to quit smoking for 18 years. Just couldn't. Now, don't go bash his act, I smoking. I didn't say nothing. Just listen to my story. Struggling. And I met him, and as soon as I got into his car, he said, Well, go ahead and judge me, preacher. Tell me the smoke I'm smelling is the smoke I'll smell in hell. <laughs> he said, Go ahead, judge me. Go ahead, judge me. Every preacher who gets in my car judges me. I said, No, no, let me ask you this. I said, How long have you been trying to quit? He said, 18 years. I said, boy, how's that working out for you? <laughs> if you did the same dumb thing for 18 years and it don't work, what is wrong with you? Why would you keep doing the same stupid thing that has... What about the next time you get a business idea for your, for your company? Let's start and try it for 18 years and it doesn't work. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I said, this is what I want you to do, man. I said, I want you to stop trying to quit. <gasps> Are you saying I can go ahead and smoke? No, I didn't say that. I said, stop trying to quit. What? I said, yeah, stop trying to quit. What am I supposed to do? I said, the next time you pick that up, say, thank you, Jesus. I said, the next time you smoke that, say, thank you, Jesus. I said, as you're smoking, worship him. Are you crazy? I said, listen to me. If I can break the power of guilt off of you, I can break the power of sin off of you. Amen. Next time you're done, say, thank you, Jesus. This room is filled with people that have come out of many habits, many lifestyles. But not because they tried and they fasted and they prayed and they rebuked and they cast out. And Someone back in the day used to say, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't cast out the devil. You can't cast out the flesh and you can't crucify the devil. The boy called me three months later. He said, Pastor, I want to puke at the very thought of a cigarette right now. You know what happened? He kept looking at the face of Jesus. And sin has no dominion over you. You want to use the law to overcome sin? You're going to keep... Bound for the rest of your life till you die. And then death will be your savior. Or you can say, you know what? Uh -uh, I'm going to look at Jesus. Stop trying to quit stuff. Stop trying to give up stuff. Look at Jesus. Be led by the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit makes you do? Look at Jesus. And you will be free. Say this. Sin has no dominion over me. Say sin has no power over me. Say, I am, free. I, am free. I am free. I am free. Say, sin, sin. You're, dead. you're dead. Listen to me carefully as I close real quickly. There's a reason why the Bible say, uses the term crucify when talking about your flesh. Have you ever wondered why it didn't say go hang the old man or go 
stab the flesh, go choke the flesh. Why does it use the term go crucify the flesh? Crucify. Why? Listen to me carefully. Because it's the only one form of death you can do to yourself. What you gonna do after that first hand? God was trying to make a point. He is the one that does it. You can't give up nothing. Oh my God, you can't give up nothing. It's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by the Holy Ghost. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.